The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. scary like how awkward are we talking um like i went to pittsburgh with my best friend yeah one of us got herpes but i'm not going to tell you which uh we'll, I, let, we'll let you be the judge kind of awkward one thing about pittsburgh is the people in pittsburgh they have teeth they have a certain type of teeth what exactly do you mean by that it's i don't want to say anything bad because i know we have some pittsburgh listeners but i don't think there's fluoride in the water that kind of teeth. That kind of teeth, but also mm. with like the teeth that's like on top of each other. So like like Pittsburgh water not only has an abundance of acids in it, yeah, but it also has mutagens in it. I think the teeth really want to cuddle each other. You know, like just like spoon, but the spooning like the you drape a leg over an arm. Next thing you know, you're just having hot sex. And that's you, how Pittsburgh mouths are. Just like that scene from the end of Society, but it's but it's Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. teeth. Yeah, okay. yeah. Basically, the that scene at the end of Society was somebody's mouth from Pittsburgh. Shunts, shunts. Pitt- Pittsburgh people have shunts for teeth. You know what? The terrible tells. How about the terrible shunts? <laughs> the Pittsburgh shunts. Great team. Or something that rhymes with it. That's right, because we don't fucking know how. Because we are. We. We we are we are w- w- welcome to another episode of 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 Will oh fuck oh fuck speaking of Pittsburgh Will's not here is he no he's not I left him in Pittsburgh see what happened was a couple weeks ago uh we went to the Pittsburgh the Steel City Comic Con right okay and Alice uh I'm sorry the actress's name just eludes me right now even though I met her and she was an absolute sweet or I didn't meet her I was at the panel oh, I and she was, was absolutely sweeter it was Alice yeah. Alice from part four of Nightmare on Elm Street and part five uh a double final girl uh next to a Nancy because Nancy was also a double final actually a triple final girl whatever even though she died in the third actually I'm getting off the rails here let's talk more about you Will can't, you can't double final a triple final you can't and I've heard that before I think that may be a sports term I don't know I don't do sports uh but I'll tell you who does and it's Will Quill. and Will uh Alice is Will's favorite final girl he actually uh, spend a little, uh, you know, time with her. This is a fact. Got to meet her. Got a picture with her. They talked a little bit. Suppressed an awkward boner with her. I don't think he suppressed it. Uh, I think he oh, hung. No? A, I think he hung a hat on it as like a trick. He was wearing basketball it, shorts, wasn't he? He was wearing basketball shorts, <laughs> and he put. Will. He had the Freddy Krueger fedora on it. Nice. It was so nice. That's it was thematic. A, it, yes, it was, and it really kind of tied things together, and, you know, she put it on her head. She hey, did a little Michael Jackson dance. You want to sign this photo? I brought my pencil. I got a maid, got a maid. Uh, so anyway, where the fuck's Will? Uh, he's still in Pittsburgh with Alice. Yeah. He started a new life. Um, I'm sorry, Will's fiance, but this is how it is now. New life. They already have nine kids. It's they have 12 weeks. kids. How did that happen? Will has very potent semen. Ultra potent Will. I've always known this about him. I thought she was past her prime to have kids. I'm pretty sure when they come out, it's just going to be like uh, a spider egg hatching. <laughs> She's full of spiders. That was in the tiny spiders with Will's head on them. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. uh, yep, that's the horror yeah, movie so we're there, there, That's what it is. Sorry, yeah. Pittsburgh. You got, now you got to deal with yeah, this. Yeah, what fucking Outer Limits episode is this? Uh, meanwhile, while I was there, I know Greg couldn't make it. I met his idol, uh, Meatloaf. Yes, he is. Had a wonderful conversation with Meatloaf. And I got he was an, quite the guy. He was fantastic, Greg. And I want to thank you so much because if it wasn't for you and your fandom, I wouldn't have gone up and met Meatloaf to get an autograph for you. Yeah, I do what I can, you know. I called him Mr. Loaf. I love that. He replied. He, he, dude, this was the best part. All right, and this was worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. Please call me Meat. Mr. Loaf was my father. Oh yeah, that's well documented. That is fucking wonderful. Yeah, the Loaf family. Yes, the Loafs. The long lineage of the Loafs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, see, Papa Loaf, he was a preacher. Yep. All right? But Little Meat, he wasn't about that life. Yep. Preceded yep. by one Phineas Loaf. <laughs> <laughs> Man, fuck Phineas Loaf. Who begat Elijah Loaf. <laughs> Let's not forget about Bacon Loaf. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Just as meaty as meat, but not as cool. Okay. Right, uh, we had a great conversation it, about... all rock and roll. No, no, not at all, man. All night uh, and party every day. But, I mean, two but out of three, eight, two, party all night, have Shit. a wonderful time, right? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Meat, uh, Mr. Meat, or Meat, as I call him now, and I had a wonderful conversation about Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. And his, it got, his good friend, Chris. Uh, and uh, he was talking about making him steak and eggs for breakfast. It was wonderful. And then, of course, he was talking about reaching out to Jim Kelly. I would eat so much of Meat Loaf's breakfast. I bet his breakfast is so just riddled with heart-stopping cholesterol. <laughs> he just cooks everything in lard. His lard. It's all he very has, rich. Yeah. <laughs> Meat Loaf lives a rich life. You take one bite and you're full, but you have to keep eating because it's so good. And yeah. you don't want to be rude because meat made you the breakfast oh my god i would never insult him in any way and you know he cooks with uh with a robe on with crisco. nothing underneath a lot it of crisco. and it's just open sure from it's just back, from, though, right? he wears it like a hospital <laughs> so, gown so you'll be all right oh sure you'll be fine you got got mr we got meat just fucking walking around in your eggs <laughs> out of the frying pan <laughs> don't look at my butt flaps he, he's like hey i'm gonna make an omelet with the Cracker Jack box. <laughs> hey, I'm going to make an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> want to make an omelet? Got to crack a couple eggs. <laughs> hey, you guys want some OJ? <laughs> <laughs> OJ Simpson's actually there. Right? Uh, I'm sure they're friends. And then, of course, I had a wonderful time with uh, Monica Kina, who is the final girl from Freddy vs. Jason. I love her because she survived not only Freddy, but she survived Jason. It might be the best Freddy and Jason movie ever made. I it's definitely up there, man. Sure. Definitely up there for sure. Um and technically the last final girl to face Freddy. Mm-hmm. Uh Robert England, you know, which is of course our Freddy. The uh, Freddy. The Freddy. I mean, uh, the only Freddy, really. So I uh I ha- I've always had a major crush on this chick. Uh my favorite one of my favorite remakes other than House on Haunted Hill is um Night of the Demons, 2009. I hear that's uh, a good one. With a cameo from Linnea Quigley starring uh, Ed Furlong and Monica Kina. The illustrious Ed Furlong. I, well, I, um, I'm, getting, I'm getting up the courage to go up to Monica Kina, spit some game on her, talk to her a little bit, you know, peck pop in front of her, woo her, wow her. So I go to the car and I smoke a joint and right. then I ate some shrooms. Because you know at some point you're going to have to fight Ed. 
that's the thing. I didn't realize that Monica Kina, the sexy final girl from Freddy vs. Jason, the only 17-year-old in uh, in a, a, a Friday the 13th Jason movie, whatever, with fake breastuses. Oh, strange that you mentioned that, but okay. I mean, I, I, she also has permanently hard nipples. Again, a little strange, but let's move on. Get to the furlough. Don't shame me. <laughs> so I ate some mushrooms. I smoked this joint, and uh, I'm looking up like her career and stuff because I just want to go up, make some small talk with her, whatever. And then I see under her Wikipedia partner, mm. she's been with Ed Furlong. Let me say that again. Sexy Monica Kina has been with five foot five. Frumpy Dumpy Ed Furlong since 2009. And he's been shaped like an egg since like 2001. So before that, dude. Probably. Yeah, I'm going to say that uh, that prison movie he was in with Willem Dafoe, he actually did get raped in. When did that Crow movie come out? Oh, God. Crow 5 or whatever the oh, fuck he God. was Oh, God. 2002? Yeah, he looked bad. Yeah, he didn't look good, dude. Uh, but yeah, so five foot five Ed Furlong has been with Monica Kina. So I'm like, great. She lost the photo up, but I still got it. And I talked to her <laughs> a little bit. Ed glaring at you from behind a curtain? Actually, I brought him up. Yeah? I started talking about him. She's, she was like, she, oh, let's not talk about it. She that. nervous laughed and was like, yeah, that's one of my favorite people. It's a mistake I made <laughs> yeah, once. Uh... She, uh, uh, she, she closed her eyes and it says, help me on her eyelids. <laughs> She she slides a copy of his album across the table to you. <laughs> I look it up. I'm like, what? Corey Feldman's album? What the fuck? What is this shit? Yeah, shit, man. I would do anything for love. <laughs> it's not Ed Furlong. <laughs> uh, sad front row panel with Carl Weathers. That was great. Front row panel for the Nightmare on Elm Street deal they had there. I heard you, but, uh, you said at a panel with uh, members of the cast of my favorite movie. There it is. Yes, yes, my friend. The Warriors. The 43-year-old classic, The Warriors. And, man, those guys, they fucking get along. I bet they still kick ass. Dude, they fucking kick ass. And I hope they fucking get so much pussy because they were so fucking cool, dude. They were fucking great. That was literally the best fucking... I'm a fucking Comic-Con nerd. I do shit like that. They are the fucking Warriors. Um, They were so goddamn fucking cool and they told so many fucking stories but the one that stood out to me is uh the opening of the movie where they're all meeting at the uh not the annex um it's the big meetup in central Park. yeah i had a name for it well they needed like 500 extras right sure so gotta fill up that park they had this chick drive around new york city picking up actual gang members i can think of a real easy way to do that uh yeah, it was the she gave everybody a hundred dollar bill, took them to set, and she was literally going around New York City for two days, yep. gathering up actual gang members. Tits out and bills in both hands. That's right, man. Uh, so I guess the actors were talking about like now this is the seventies, dude. This is when New York City was bedlam. It was like a fucking wasteland. Mm-hmm. Like you will get killed. And then raped. Escape from New York was a documentary. A bingo, dude. Uh, so they were like, talk, like, like, go up and introduce themselves to like an extra, and it's like, oh, I'm Fred. I'm on Broadway. Oh, I'm so and so. I I was in this sitcom, and then it's like, yeah, I'm Dre. I'm from 
I'm from Homicide Incorporated. I'm a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, like, I guess like the one gang that was on set was Homicide Incorporated, which Homicide Incorporated, they, I guess they were like the baddest motherfuckers in New York they were at the a time. big one back then. I so hear. somebody thought it'd be a good idea to, they saw one of the tags, Homicide Incorporated, and they tagged Warriors over top of it. And the guys, there was guys from Homicide Incorporated, was, they went banging on like the trailers. Yeah, it was probably Rembrandt if I had to go. <laughs> Right, it's gotta be. <laughs> yeah, yes, actually, it was Rembrandt. Uh, so he, uh, so, so dude, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, uh, brother who was uh, fucking a man. I for- just forgot the actor's name. He Great. was he was Raven in uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. I don't know why that's the one movie that came to my fucking head, uh, but you know who I'm talking about. Everyone knows who I'm talking about. Yeah, Doctor Dre. Uh, Doctor Dre. Uh, He's a method actor, so he never broke character. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, we demand to know who wrote Warriors over uh, Homicide Incorporated. Did he use those words? Who the fuck? Nope. All Shakespearean. No, we, it we was not. To know. It was not like that at all. Which knave <laughs> doth spelt this name upon mine? <laughs> uh, so the method act, the guy who's a method actor was just like, yeah, I did it. And like got in his fucking face because he wanted to break character. Yeah, that was Ajax. Yeah. Yes. God damn it. Thank you. Uh, and uh, oh, oh, you said Raven. I did say Raven. He played Raiden. I'm thinking of WCW's Raven. Raiden. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Lord Raiden. Yeah, so. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah. It was so Ajax. Ajax, the whole Ajax time. never. I, I forgot the actor's name. Ajax never turned it off. He was a fucking method actor. Once he was on set, he was. Dude, they told stories about the car exploding. They told stories behind the bottle thing. Yeah. Apparently, that was just supposed to be. Hey, Warriors, come out to play. You know? Right. Uh, so the guy, he started making that voice, and apparently there was a guy in the neighborhood that uh, would be like, because the actor's name's David. Hey, David. David. Hey, David. He was basically the, the big pedophile from Family Guy. Uh, pretty much. And apparently the bottle thing was also a pervert in his neighborhood who would look out the window at all the kids and go, hey, kids, and start clinking the bottles together to get their attention. That is ominous in so many upsetting ways. Yeah, but he put the two together and created probably the most, like, his, his, like the most iconic scene the, from that movie. Not just that movie, honestly, like the celluloid of cinema, dude. I that is that has been done in so many shows. It is such a big part of pop culture. Oh, and yeah. something about the movie The Warriors, it gets bigger and bigger every fucking year, man. It's an epic. It, it really is, dude. And the guys were fucking cool as hell. And I just realized I've been rambling forever for about this. So how about we get into some fucking uh, fucking shit that's yes, going the, on? The classic 1978 horror film, The Warriors, which we will tell you all about for the rest of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Horror fans obviously fucking love The Warriors, man. So we... How could you not? The baseball furies are kind of terrifying, um, to be honest. If, I, if my Jackie Daytona costume doesn't work out, I'm actually going to be uh, one nope, of the Nope, I called it. What were you saying? All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can you can have it. We could both be it. They were a gang. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's not the same. We both do it. Oh, they're going to think we're a couple. Yeah, you got to be Ajax. <laughs> no, you can be Snow. I don't oh, be, never mind. I don't want to be. I don't want to be Snow. Will, you're Snow. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Snow was there. Uh, you can be Swan. 
I don't want to be Swan. I want to be Ajax. I want to be Fox. No, wait. Fox dies in Fox front of the dies. train. Yeah, Fox dies. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, fuck. Can so we move? Whoever's we gotta... following this, uh, we're going to talk about horror now. Yeah, okay. Tom Holland. Yeah. Tom Holland, who we all know and love from Child's Play and a bunch of fucking amazing movies, uh, and more importantly, Fright Night is overseeing a legitimate sequel to Fright Night. Of course, we had Fright Night 2, and of course, we had the remake and the sequel to the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, the sequel to the remake is actually pretty good. I see. Uh, but uh, this is actually coming out in comic book form. It's the surviving members of the original Fright Night. They uh, they kind of go on. There's like a new vampire in town, a vampire cult type thing. And uh, that's all they're kind of giving away. And they all get together and they kind of hunt this uh, shit out. It's a couple years after the first movie. And I just think it's awesome because the actual creator of Fright Night is overseeing this comic book. It's going to be a fucking graphic novel, dude. Beautiful. It's coming out, I think, like the first week of November. Cool. I'll check it out. Dude, I'm all about it. I love graphic novels, and I love when they do shit like this. I'm a big fan of Fright Night. Just kind of in general. Honestly, dude. Fright Night might be one of the best movies ever. And if you go back to, I think it's episode seven, we reviewed Fright Night, and it might be our best episode. Yeah, easily the best episode. Easily. Actually, it is actually a really fucking good episode. Talking about that vampire uh, Andy Dufresne, (laughs) I think his name was. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. Literally almost spit. Dude, Candyman's coming out this weekend. I know we've talked about Candyman a lot, but... I'm pretty stoked to see this. Hopefully, we get a chance to uh, to like, watch it before like our next the real episode. Candy Man, though. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Like the one with the candy corn. Yeah, it's like a candy corn just falls out of him. Sprays out all of his sleeves and collar. Uh, there is something that I thought was kind of cool. Okay. Um, there is a website, Candyman, the the movie dot com. You go to it, and uh, you actually it's a front facing camera. Okay. And you say Candyman five times, and you get to watch the final trailer to Candyman. Oh, interactive. The final trailer to Candyman could only be seen on this website. It's not being uploaded to YouTube or any other site. So you have to say the name in order Candyman to five times. The trick is, though, you just get killed. Oh. Well, that doesn't sound worth it. Nope. But here I am. I mean, I've seen other trailers for it. It still looks pretty good, but... Yeah. Does this new trailer have porn in it or something? Or is there like a reason why would I, <laughs> why would I risk my life for this? Uh, it's a good point, man. Uh, but anyway, it was it was it was sweet. You want to go see it this weekend? I mean, kind of. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Hey, uh, and as a matter of fact, since we're right here right now, mm-hmm. I'm asking you on air: uh, Would you have any interest of seeing Neil Blomkamp's yeah movie Demonic mm-hmm. tomorrow night at the North Park North Theater Park. with me? Fuck yeah. Yeah? 9.30. 9.30. Let's do it. You want to go? Yes. All right, man. It looks fantastic. For Dude, anyone looks... who's been following our show, which I assume uh, the three of you who are still here are, uh, we've discussed this before, and it looks fantastic. Cyber demons, uh, paranoia. Yep. Um, altered mental states. Apparently, there's more to it. Apparently, the Vatican is involved. So demons. Basically, that may or may not be cyber. A lot of pedophilia. Yeah. And where do we find a lot Wait. of pedophiles? Online. At the Vatican. <laughs> At the Vatican. <laughs> well, yeah, that's where they are, right? That's the home base. Well, they move them around. They shift them. <laughs> they do. They start them at the Vatican and they send them out into the world. Yeah. Then there's just roving sleeper agents of pedophilia, just just moving from country to country, state to state. That's all they do. 
absconding with your kids, sending them back as Catholics. That's what it is. That's what we do. Nice, polite, silent Catholics. And nothing bad will come of that. I assume. If you've been raped by a priest, you know what? I'm going to stop right there. Never mind. We'll give you the hotline at the end of the episode. Yeah, just I, keep listening. Uh, yeah, smoked, smoked a joint before filming here, and we're a couple yeah, beers deep here. Just uh, keep, keep shaking in your chair until the end of this episode. Uh, <laughs> we will have the number that you need to get help. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. It's just going to be a 900 number from the 90s. <laughs> At the Vatican hotline, if you want sexy deacons, click one. If you want to hear the Our Father over and over, press two. If if you're a a Padre Pio fan, press three. (laughs) If you prefer Padre Salvador, press four. I said press. (laughs) Shit. All right, fuck that bit. <laughs> well, there everybody. goes that bit. Oh, maybe we should stop joking about Catholic pedophilia for a moment. Nah, fuck Talk em. about uh, the next one on your list here. Ah, uh, dude, Halloween kills. Ooh. I am, uh, all right, so first off, the uh, the soundtrack, it was released on vinyl for Halloween kills, which is done by the master himself, John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And the entire soundtrack is done by him, which is fucking great. So you don't have any weird alterations like we did from like four or five and... Whatever the other ones were. This is straight up classic. The classic himself, man. Uh, which, uh, honestly, the soundtrack might be better than the movie. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's possible. It is possible. They but don't normally delay things because it's good. I'll tell you that. That's what I'm getting at here. There is a pretty hard rumor going around these here parts that Halloween Kills is going to be pushed back to 2022. That's right. It's not a good time, man. I mean, like, we've already had a year delay. I know, like, these other fucking Marvel movies and shit are being pushed back, too, but fuck them. Who cares about that shit? I mean, none of us might be alive in 2022. I know I won't because I got vaccinated. I'm going to be dead next week. I plan on drinking myself to death in the next six months. Because of my death. Yeah. It's just going to eat eat you alive, man. That and the years and years of Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even going to fish (laughs) it. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Schooling was what, what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, schooling. Yeah. Until you reach the age of reason. It leaves you with a bit of a complex. Yep, it does. Fuck. Halloween Kills is going to be Halloween great. Halloween Kills is going to be so much fun. I, I am looking forward to it, but... 2022. Banner, All right. banner year in the Halloween department. So it hasn't been confirmed yet, but we're putting it out there right now. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> it's probably going to be delayed again. Also, for those of you who have not also been confirmed yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we pay you the big Maybe bucks. reconsider <laughs> what you're doing this Sunday. <laughs> We're saying is go to church. Well, <laughs> <laughs> go to church. Go suck off your local Catholic priest. I was going to say. Go to the North Park Theater tomorrow night at 9.30 to see Demonic. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. By the time you hear this, we'd already have seen it. Shit. Oh, fuck. We're not really good at this. No. Hold on. That was pretty good. Whoa, dude. Demonic. Demonic. That sure was. Best movie ever, really. And that sure was a fine movie. (laughs) And man, how about that? actor that i get i oh man you fans i i mean I, I love horror fans so fucking much uh obviously we're big fucking horror fans ourselves 
But you guys got to chill on the internet a little bit. I I know right now there's like this huge petition, especially on Twitter, to get Bruce Campbell to play as Mr. Sinister in the uh, the new Spider-Man movie. I got news for you guys. Um, it's done. The movies they they filmed it. I it's, haven't heard it's, of this. It's it's done. Yeah, there is a a huge thing. Fans are like, because uh, apparently there's going to be the Sinister Six in uh in this in this movie coming up. If you don't know what that is, listen to the other show on the network, my other show, the panel discussion. Panel discussion. Panel discussion, where we will tell you about all that shit. Every um, Tuesday at seven o'clock p.m. I think. I don't think that's accurate. No, uh, like that. no maybe. Um, I don't know the times it gets released. Um. But everyone's just like, so Bruce Campbell has been in the Evil Dead series, Spider-Man one, two, and three with uh, with Sam Raimi yep. at the helm, and uh, he is rumored to be in the Doctor Strange movie, which is directed by Sam Raimi. Yes. Uh, now it seems like the new uh, the new villains in the Spider-Man movie are actually variants, just like the way Loki was in the show. That means they're not the ones that we actually saw in the movie, so they're going to look a little different. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're basically going to be variants. So we should have a variant of Bruce Campbell's character from the 1, 2, and 3 Spider-Man movies, which happens to be Mr. Sinister. That's why he's a variant. It's a great idea, but it's not going to fucking happen. You guys need to chill. Um, I love Bruce Campbell as much as the next guy. Let's just be happy with what he's doing right now. Because it, of Stockholm Syndrome, Michael loves Bruce Campbell more love than him. anyone else. I deserved everything I got. Mm. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at is is that let's keep, now I'm big. I'm big on like you know people knowing who Bruce Campbell is and shit. But let's keep him to us. I guess I. I mean like, am I, I mean I'm being selfish here. Let's keep him. Let's keep Bruce where Bruce can't. I don't want him to be on that A list. I, I don't. Be honest with you. Yeah. I think this is the Stockholm syndrome talking. Ah oh, fuck. You're gonna have to share Bruce, man. At some point. Ah oh, god damn it. And you're gonna have to accept the fact that what happened in that <sighs> dark, wet basement was not just for you. It was wet. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I was like in an inch of water. It was very murky, and I heard a constant drip. I don't know where it came I'm from. I'm glad though. you interpreted that as water, but, uh, you, know, you know, just keep thinking that. You'll be better off. Okay. Fact is, Bruce is for the world to enjoy. He's for, for everyone He's to for, enjoy. He, yeah. Oh, he got his first tattoo, my man. Really, he got the Campbell family crest on his shoulder. It's yeah. actually a it's actually a very well done tattoo. That sounds cool. Yeah, man. I'm just. I mean, what, did you, what did you think he was gonna get? I don't know, like a big dick or something. Me, I don't know. <laughs> a joint, and the Necronomicon. Fuck, man, tits. That would have been cool. A actually. heart with tits in the middle of it. A heart with the, the name Micah for for some reason. No, Bruce has that one. Uh. <laughs> Well, there is an early screening for the new Ghostbusters movie. And the reviews are that this is the fucking best of the series. I hear it's excellent. Yeah, it's, they're uh, getting great fucking reviews. I can't wait to see it. I think it's starring the little kid from the It series, right? Yeah. Who's now 19. Stranger Things. It. Yeah, he's like 25. Yeah, how fucking old is he now? I don't know. How old is Millie Bobby Brown? Millie Bobby Brown. I don't know. 36. I forty? I don't fucking know. I don't know. She's off fighting Godzilla. Um MBB is what the fans call her. Yeah, but uh That's awesome. Uh <laughs> so uh yeah, the Ghostbuster reviews are in. It's 
It's supposed to be sweet. Ten so, out of ten. Yeah. Plenty of ghosts. Plenty of busting. Apparently, we and, all know busting makes us feel good. So if that's what you're into, check out the new Ghostbusters movie. I believe it's called Ghostbusters Three: Return of the Ghost. Ascension. <laughs> Bloodlines. Bloodlines. <laughs> Revelations. There we go. Yeah. We got there. Oh, man. I was oh. waiting for it. All right. So a few episodes back when we had our all-powerful and almighty list master on the show, John Cleveland, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of uh, gave each other a little bit of a gentleman's. Oh, go ahead. A little bit of a gentleman's bet. Sure. Not a bet, more like a, hey, let's do this thing. Yeah, more like a wagging of the penis towards each other. Uh, we docked, hmm? you know, being an uncircumcised gentleman myself. It's tough to do in a quadrant, quadrangle. Okay. I don't know what you call it when there's four guys all docking together, but... Uh, it's basically like, you ever see those uh, those bacon dishes that are like woven together? It's kind of like that, but are dicks. <laughs> it resembled a woven pile of meat. Yes, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> hey. Back to the pile. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wet. Uh, it was very wet. Oh, uh, where am I getting at? Oh, okay. We had a gentleman's wager to watch every single Amityville movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched quite a few. I think I'm taking years of my life off, but that's fine. I'm willing to bet the Listmaster has you beat at this point. Oh, God, of course he does. Um, no doubt. But Not there doubt is... my mind. There is... A new Amityville movie coming out next month. Oh. It is called Amityville Moon. Nice. With fucking werewolves. This is going to be a race for supremacy between you and the Listmaster. Yes. I am going to fucking see this Amityville Moon movie before he does. If you guys are in the same theater, you're going to have to fight. (laughs) To the death. Whoever gets knocked out and doesn't see the ending loses, basically. I go right for the balls. Okay. Yep. I bite them, scratch them. Kick him, not gnaw, gnawing and biting is the same thing. I go all fucking pope on him, Catholic priest on him. Come again? They'll he will. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, that's something that we could look forward to. Another fucking Amityville movie, Amityville Moon, Amityville Moon. I don't really have anything else going on this week, my man. How about you? I believe this week is a full moon. Yes. Which means that it would be the perfect week for Amityville Moon to be released. I believe it's coming out this Friday. Listmaster, if you're listening, <laughs> go to the theater on Friday. Uh, and only Friday. Yes, and uh, before we get into the movie of the day, which we will be concluding. Are we concluding? Is this it? Summer I, of the Slasher? I don't know. I can't figure this shit out anymore, man. I've been in a blackout for two weeks. It, basically, I've been fucking hyping this up for like a month now. Pieces. The be-all fucking end-all, most fucking bonkers, fucked-up movie. This movie is loonier than a wax banana. Correct. Um, Anything written by Jeremy Reese's is bound to be wacky. (laughs) Uh, But before we get into that and the apology uh, corner, I just want to thank my co-host here for something that's going to be on my body forever, and that is I finally got the Chop Top Tattoo that we've been talking about for a while now. It we have is mentioned it over fucking, and over. It is fucking awesome. It's him scratching at his dome piece with the coat hanger, giving up a peace sign. He's looking gnarly as fuck, and I love it. I especially like the buttons on him. It's almost healed. You can almost see all of the hidden penises, of which there are many. Oh. Yeah, you see that? You see it? 
Greg, God damn it. I'm pointing right at it. You know, yep, dude. There's one. Oh, no. Mm. There's another one. Okay. See, this is extra funny to me because it's not on me. I already yeah. have Geiger on me, though. I have the Xenomorph and I have a face hugger. That's not that enough dick. Well, those aren't exactly hidden. No, they're not. I don't think he was he was subtle about that. No, he was like, hey, look at all these dicks put together to make a dick monster. See, if I was to hide a penis in that one, it would have just been just uh, average, you know, just normal, normal Geiger fare. Average sized. Yep. Normal five inch Geiger. <laughs> Normal five inch Ed for a long. Or Geiger. How, how do you? How the fuck? Do you I'm say that? saying Geiger. Geiger Geiger. I'm saying Geiger, and I will always call uh, Crowley Crowley. Good old uh, Herman Raymond Geiger. <laughs> <laughs> Played by Rob Zombie. That's right. Right. That's a, that's correct. Sure. Yeah. All right, man. Harold Ramis Geiger. <laughs> <laughs> he lives on. Lives on. He this, lives on through know, Geiger's dicks. This new Ghostbuster is going to be fucking fantastic. Yeah. So, what do you say we do something along the lines of apologize? All right. Greg, do you want to go first, man? <sighs> Give me a second. All right. All right. Well, you know what? I think, uh, I, I think maybe I'll just go first, okay? Uh, well, you see... See, I just want to apologize that we haven't really been recording weekly this summer. No, we have not. No, a lot of that kind of falls on me. You see, first off, it's fucking summer. Who listens to podcasts in summer? I do. Oh, sorry. Uh, secondly, I, I'm kind of going through a real rough spot in my life right now. Uh, you know, you think... Uh, you think everything's fine. You think you're 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 in this thing forever, and it's you just kind of take things for granted. And the next thing you know, your whole life just blows up in front of your fucking face, and um, yeah, you end up in a basement with uh, Bruce Campbell. Uh, you do that, but also like uh, I just I'm I'm being serious for a moment here. You know my uh, no no it's it's my life is in fucking shambles, and um is this. This is all because of Violent J announcing that the Insane Clown Posse are doing a farewell tour. No. Violent, no. Yeah. Violent J. Are you serious? Violent J has a heart condition known as AFib. Uh, if you if you know who we're talking about, I'm talking about the uh, the rappers that came out in the 90s that paint their faces as clowns and get a really bad rap, pardon the pun, uh, because the Insane Clown Posse are actually amazing. Um I will always be a juggalo. Well, they're certainly clowns. I mean, yes, and they're also in a posse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear they're insane. Posse of two. Still counts. Uh, first album, there were three. Not a lot of people know that. I did not know uh, that. Nope, there were three clowns. Uh, Back when they had Shemp. <laughs> that was Curly. They had, <laughs> they had Violent Curly. Um, <laughs> angry Curly. Okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, Um uh, so it turns out Violent J actually has AFib, and he announced an Insane Clown Posse farewell tour. Can and I tell you one thing? I, I thought you were going a whole different direction when you said A. AFib. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that he hasn't gotten that. So what is AFib? Tell me. Uh, AFib is something to do with the upper valve in your heart not beating properly. So Violent J can't walk 20 feet without having to sit down to catch his breath. Is this, does this, is this brought on by overuse of grease paint? 
I don't think so because Gene Simmons is fine. Well, I'm fine. <laughs> Ace Freely is fine. Actually, he's no. He's definitely balding at a rapid rate and doesn't want to admit it. Dude, he's in his 70s. Come on, man. He got more fucking trim than you and I ever will. Mr. Simmons, tear down that wig. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, guys. That's why we haven't been weekly. That's why we've been more bi-weekly. Uh, but, I mean, we're still dishing out quality content for you guys. Yeah, of course. But... You, I you apolog- can clearly hear that at this point. Yeah, I apologize, but now that things are starting to settle down, we're going back to our weekly format. Yeah, so once Will gets back from the fucking moon or wherever he went. Uh, Mars? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, Alice? Was, I think he was involved in the new Space Jam, something like that. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Because he's owned by Warner Brothers. Hold on, what did we say at the beginning of the episode? Pittsburgh. Oh. Yeah, he's with Alice. That's, yeah, he's yeah. in Pittsburgh. All right, Greg, take it away, man. Apologize. All right, let me first apologize to Will for blowing up his spot uh, playing basketball on the moon. Sorry, buddy. I know you didn't want to. <laughs> um, but I'm going to get real for a second. I've been broken up for the last couple of months. It's been uh, This has been destroying me. Really? Uh, Violent J has had AIDS, and it is literally just I'm unable to focus. But, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, real apology. Here it comes. Uh, so, two weeks ago, while reviewing the 1989 horror classic Sleepaway Camp 3, it was mentioned that the director, one Michael A. Simpson, used the subtitle Teenage Wasteland. We all remember that. Yes. And when I say two weeks ago, I mean I have no idea how fucking long ago that was. It might have been a month. Uh, but this was a reference to the band The Who, as we all know. The Who? Uh, the Who. A song called Baba O'Reilly. Maybe one of their biggest hits. At that point, I made the offhand comment that uh, the director, Michael A. Simpson was an enormous fan of Pete Townsend and everything he stands for. Which flew under the radar with me. Uh, yeah, I've, you know, I it was what it was. Uh, this, of course, implies a thing or two about Mr. Simpson that could be interpreted as slanderous, and for that, I apologize. He was only trying to study it. I do not believe that he's involved in any of the <laughs> research <laughs> that Townsend is no- notorious for. And in fact, I don't believe Michael Simpson even knows how to play the guitar. He certainly has never done a windmill or a power slide. And so, for incorrectly implying that Michael A. Simpson, director of Sleepaway Camp 3, is in any way a famous rock musician and possible pedophile, I am sorry. (laughs) I'm better than that. You're better than that. We're all better at avoiding child pornography than Pete Townsend. Thank you. Very good. Very good. Very good. And also to Violent J., I uh, hope you get better, buddy. Yeah, no, this isn't something you get better from. You're just tearing me up inside. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if you if you uh, uh, want to go into a rabbit hole, check out violent just YouTube Violent J and his daughter because it is just the best shit. You're gonna have to specify on that one because we just made an announcement about Townsend. <laughs> 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 violent J is a fantastic father and supports his daughter's hobbies. Perfect. Perfect, because she's a furry. Do not roll the R on that. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to make this less pervert. (laughs) Remember that time we reviewed the movie Pervert? Oh, it's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I eat ass from the front and pussy from the back. Uh, So let's get into it. Pieces. (laughs) Here we go. Oh, my God. 
This is something that I've been wanting to review for uh, 51 fucking episodes, and we finally get to fucking do it. I'm talking... Micah's favorite movie. This might be one of the most bonkers-ass fucking upside-down movies, which has about fucking 100 subplots that all kind of come together in the last two minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, You got ninjas. You got some of the hottest... This movie has legit some of the hottest women. Oh, my God, yeah. You got 11 11 fucking nude ladies. You got Bush. You got Popeye in it from the fucking... uh, Not Popeye. You got Bruto in it from the fucking Popeye movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Olive oil, not so much. A little bit of Bruce Lee. Uh, Bruce Lee. Lee. Bruce Lee. Yeah, dude, ninjas. You have tennis players becoming cops, becoming undercover tennis players at a university. You got a Spanish guy who I... who wrote and directed this or who directed this movie in Madrid, Spain, making it seem like he's actually in fucking this movie takes place in Boston and pretends to know what it's like to be an American, especially an American student at a university. And he's never fucking been to America. I was a little disappointed that he didn't use the Boston accent. Even once throughout this whole film. Does that really bother you that much? Well, it's a little unrealistic. Out of all the fucking shit in this movie pieces, that is your takeaway. Yeah, well, I lived in Boston for about two years. I gotta tell you, didn't add up. It's a very thick accent. Oh, yeah, it's a very thick movie. Pieces? Yeah. And it turns out it has a lot of layers. In terms of depth. Yes, and I actually blew Greg's mind, which we are going to get to the 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 sub the <laughs> subtext. Pieces actually has a subtext to it, and I'm about to blow all your fucking minds too, the same way I blew Greg's mind. But we will get to it. So why don't we just get right into 1982's fucking uh, uh, Jacques Piquet Simons? Uh, pieces, which was originally titled The Night Has 1,000 Screams. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. Let's take us back to 1982, Greg. Take us away with our uh, our list of characters. Our cast of Bostonians. Here we yes, go. Yes, keep in mind, all Bostonians. Yep. Also keep in mind, mind is a code word for penis. We'll come back to that. Uh, we will, especially so, if you're a Catholic priest. We're starting off with Timmy, who is a child. Young boy, homicidal killer. Also, jigsaw pornography enthusiast. He certainly is. I guess in a minor role is his mother. I'm not going to tell you her fate just yet. No, no, no. We'll save it for the review. But she plays a good old Boston mom. She doesn't sound like that, though. No. She's a Madrid mother. Yes. A madre. <laughs> I think is that, that might be right. Madre. <laughs> Moving on. Next, we have Kendall. Who is? Fucking Kendall. I think he might be our main character. Is that right? Yeah, Ian Sarah, Kendall James. Yes, played by Ian Sarah. He is a college student, a swim pro, a tennis faker, a curly-haired narc, and a certified coxman. Yes, he uh, is, I guess, the American playboy. Yeah. Yeah, gets all the trim, and we're going to get to that. We're going to trim to that. We're going to trim to that. And then we have, I put I lumped these guys two together uh, because they're really not super distinct. We've got Sergeant Randy and Lieutenant Bracken. They are police cops. Yeah, dude. Uh, and they are, I would I describe them as both adequate and professional. Lieutenant Bracken, I uh, did a lot of work with John Wayne. 
Uh, he was, uh, he's actually a really good fucking actor. He spent the last two years of John Wayne's life just packing his colon full of meat. That's what I heard, actually. It's a medical fact. Yeah, uh, he, uh, Christopher George, uh, he passed away back in 1983, so he actually died a year after Pieces. As a matter of fact, this movie probably killed him. It was probably the fight with, uh, what's his name? Wallace. Oh, yeah. William, William Wallace. Wallace. Big Wall. <laughs> <laughs> Willard, 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 Wallace. Willard, Willard. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second too. Uh, yeah, Willard Wallace he punched him in the heart really hard. And <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got uh, the dean, the snooty dean. Yes, who is a pervert? He's yep. a snappy dresser, a puzzle master, a roofie haver, and a bona fide phantom of the school. Edward, played by Edward Perdon. Wait, Edward, how, how do you pronounce that? Perdong. Again? Perdong. Edward. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. He, uh, he actually moved to Madrid uh, to do a bunch of exploitation films over there. Beautiful. He's, uh, he's in about 100 exploitation movies. Uh, in a lot of A-list movies, too. He's actually re- revered as one of the best actors of the time, also. He never quite made it. He always kind of stayed on that, like, Harvey Keitel level. Uh, but, you know, he was a big deal, and it was a big deal for him to actually be in this movie, along with uh, Christopher George as Lieutenant Bracken. These are all real big-name actors. Everyone in this movie, all the main actors in this movie are actually big-name actors, either in America in- or in Madrid. In España. Yeah, yes, that too. But uh yeah, great actors playing shitty Bostonians. In pieces, yes. Yep. So, All right. You know, I I mean I'm sure they're good at what they're they're doing, but they're not great in this, I can tell you that. Nope. Uh so next up we've got Professor Arthur Brown. Good old Artie B. Oh, this fucking guy. He is the anatomy anatomy professor. He is a uh unapologetic homosexual. And the actual most suspicious man alive. I don't know how obvious that was while you were watching it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was, uh, it was basically like, hey, this guy is the killer. He was wearing a tie shaped like a red herring through a lot of the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's cool. But he's not a killer. I'll tell you that. No, played by Jack Taylor, who is actually uh, a Spanish-based American actor. Uh, he's known to star in an awful lot of uh, European, just like uh, the other guy we were talking about, starred in an awful lot of European low-budget exploitation movies. He worked with the uh, guys that were basically considered the Roger Corman of Europe. Uh, and uh, spoke English, <laughs> spoke a lot of... European, I'm a peon, everyone's a peon, whatever. Rodrigo Cormano. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That is a fine mustache, man. He was also in uh, uh, City of the... Living Dead. City of the Living Dead, which is... Uh, Fulci classic. Yes, he. that's not the only film he did with Fulci. He went on to work with Fulci multiple times, and he also did a lot of dubbing work uh, for the Jalo films. That's perfect, because he's actually really good at it. That's mm-hmm. one thing I noticed. Uh, next up, we've got Willard, big old groundskeeper Willie. This guy was fucking great, man. Oh, yeah. He is a cop brawler and a bone eater and what I assume is a cave dweller. Yep. Because this man is an ogre. Played by the the late Paul Lawrence Smith. Uh, no, not. Uh, he's dead. 
famous. He sure is. He died in 2015. Uh, He played a lot of, uh, quote unquote, heavies, bad guys on a lot of TV in the 70s. Uh, Movies like a lot of black exploitation films. A lot of lazy eyed thug roles. Uh, Actually, yeah. Um, And he uh, I guess he's most famous for uh, Bluto in Popeye and, of course, the prison guard in Midnight Express. That sounds about right. Yep. Uh, I believe he also played the role of Hagar in the uh, Capcom classic Final Fight. <laughs> Anyone who knows that one. I thought you were going with a Harry Potter thing. <laughs> he played Hagrid. Hagrid in Harry Potter. You know what? Maybe that was maybe that's true too. In the in the Espana version of Harry <laughs> with his with his lazy eye, <laughs> Harold Ponderosa. <laughs> ah, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> and the sorcerer's mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> The Chamber of Brie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, that, that Is that be- what they have over there, Brie? I don't fucking know. That's probably French if I had to guess. I don't fucking... Come on, man. Send the statue back. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, we've got Bruce Le... Bruce Le... Le? However we're going to pronounce that. We can't say Lay because there's already a Bruce Lay who's another Bruce Bloitation actor. There's also a Bruce L-E-E, the one that we all know and love. Who's and dead. A, there's a Bruce L-I Lee... Uh, who is lesser known and just slightly shittier. He was in a bunch of fucking... Uh, uh, kung Fu movies. Kung Fu movies. That's Probably. all you gotta know. That's all you gotta know <laughs> about this dude. If I had dude. to guess. Yeah, and we will get to why he was in the movie later when we get to his part. Yep, so uh, Bruce Lu plays the Kung Fu professor, who is a massive racist stereotype. <laughs> That's really all it amounts to. Um, and beyond that, what we've got is... Kind of just what I described as a bunch of girls who equate to uh, literal meat piles waiting for dismemberment and reassembly. Well, are we going to talk about uh, uh, Mary Riggs? Oh, you know what? I skipped right past her. Mary All Riggs. Right. She's our undercover MILF. Oh, is she now? Oh, yeah. She's a former, former tennis pro Yep. and current dick kicker. Uh, yes, she absolutely is. Uh, and she, uh, she, she was actually great in this movie. Absolutely. But the big, uh, the big drawback, uh, she's sexual and violent. So the big drawback to her, her part in this movie is that she did not actually perform her sex scene, which caused a little bit of heat on set. So we only had nine naked women in this movie, 11 if you're counting the dead lady. Um, that counts. I mean, it certainly does, but she would not get nude in the film, uh, which I guess caused a lot of issues. But ultimately, I guess it, what we got is what we got. I was okay with it. I was fine with it, too, man. I mean, we had plenty of nudity in the movie, especially some Bush. I think Kendall was a little upset. Kendall was upset, especially we got to see, not got to see, well, I mean, depends on who you talk to. There was also Dick in this movie. Oh, plenty of Dick. Kendall's Dick, especially. Oh. Yeah, he hung some serious dong. Uh, He did because he was the player of the movie. Yes. There were about 13 inches of candle in this one. Yeah. It might have been the original title of the film. That was the the Spanish translation before they renamed it Pieces for the Boston audience. (laughs) Just the Boston audience. (laughs) Oh, shit, man. And, of course, like you said, the pile of meat, which are the women. Uh, Well... That's technically what they ended up being. Yeah, I could describe a number of scenes. All right. So before we even get to the opening credits, we get a puzzle piece being put together. Yeah. Uh, and you hear 
uh, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty down. What? You pervert? You sick little freak? And then, uh, is this what you want? Mother comes in, grabs the puzzle. Reminded me a lot of my mom because I had a lot of porn when I was little. Did you have a lot of... uh Hundred-piece pornographic puzzles? I do not have the time or patience to jerk off to this. There's a lot uh, There's a lot about this scene that kind of fucks me up. One of them is, this is supposed to be 40 years before 1982. Correct. I don't know if cardboard puzzle pieces were together. And also, that chick looked like she was from the 80s. She didn't look like a housewife. That's a very good point. I think they ate cardboard back then. <laughs> That's was the <laughs> unless you lived in the Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> that was you and got to have each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, all you Ukrainian Catholics. We already <laughs> had the apology corner, Greg. We don't apologize for fuck. All right, so we got Timmy putting together a pornographic puzzle. Yep, having a great time, having a good time doing it. And mother comes in and just fucks his perfect day up just and before he can put in the penultimate piece, which is the bush. Yes, the most important piece. Yes, that is the holiest of holes. And thus we have the titular piece. Oh, that's... Is of the puzzle. Yes. Right off the bat. They, yes. They waste no time. And the mom freaks out and starts comparing Timmy to her his father. Yeah, and he doesn't like that. No. So his father's a big old scumbag. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I bet he's probably a nice guy, really and she's probably just a prude. Yeah, so he, he fucks her up. With an axe. Yep. Right to the fucking head. Just just like Dave Mustaine would have. Yes, and the only axe kill you'll have in this fucking movie. Which you think, okay, maybe we're going to see this axe again. No, it gets swapped out for the chainsaw. Well, it's the modern axe. The modern woodsman's tool. You know what? There's that whole story about Paul Bunyan, and he wouldn't switch over to the chainsaw. Yeah, his, his big blue ox, right? His big blue ox, you piece of shit. Oh, come on. Didn't you see it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you scared of big blue oxes? Holy shit, it part two sucks. It <laughs> sucks so bad, dude. I fucking hate that movie. Fucking Paul Bunyan. <laughs> That's some weak shit. It might have worked in the book. It didn't work on the screen. No. I know your secret. You're just gay. Like, okay, c- fucking cool, whatever. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, so we got his Timmy killing his mom with the axe, and he goes fucking off in the closet, and you got the police showing up, and they're like, oh, my God, I haven't seen this much blood before. Maybe it was an animal. Come here, Sting. What do you think about this? Huh. <laughs> yeah, definitely an animal. <laughs> I could have sex for seven hours. These might be the two stupidest cops in the world. No, they're not. The two stupidest cops come later, which I think might actually be the same fucking actors. No, they're, they're great cops. No, I'm not talking about the lieutenant and the sergeant. I'm talking about the extra cops, the ones that throw up later. Oh, okay. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, they're being bossed around by a fucking Boston college kid. Uh, yeah, it's a little weak. So these cops open up a closet, and they find... Jason's mother's head. Yeah, it is a disembodied head. Yep. And they say, come on, son. We'll take you to safety. Uh, whoever did this. Whoever <laughs> did this, yeah. And the kid just going, oh, oh, big guy, big guy, where's mommy? Hey, wherever we're going, let me wrap up these puzzle pieces real quick. I'm going to yeah. want to take them with me. I got to get to that bush piece. It's the <laughs> missing piece. Is. Is. <laughs> <laughs> 
opening credits. There you have it. Pieces. We got our fucking movie pieces. We get our fucking opening credits, which are fucking great. I get a lot of comfort in watching these because you got that nice keyboard over top. Music, oh, music is by Cam, who did a lot of other horror movies and exploitation films in the 80s. And possibly Sting. That might be how they got him to be in that, that scene. Yeah, they said, Sting, you could have sex with everybody on the cast for as long as you want. Just... As long as it's under three days. As they're slowly backing the kid out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) Here comes Sting, king of the shunting. Is anyone here from Pittsburgh? (laughs) Nah, just us Bostonians. Oh. That was a bad Boston accent, wasn't it? (laughs) You lived in Boston. Boston. Bastonians. Bastion. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah, uh, so we get to... uh, Don't go to Boston. So back to the movie, we get to this weird scene of somebody roller skating and a couple of guys pulling a panel of... A pane of glass out. This is 40 years later. This is 40 years later, which... I don't even know why this scene was in this fucking movie. The roller skate has been invented. At this point. Yeah. Yeah. So this chick goes into the glass... And then that's it. Yeah, she's dead. Yeah, but then it goes into a weird flashback of the mother breaking a mirror while screaming at her son. Yeah, it's thematic. Breaking mirrors. It's very... Pieces pieces. A lot of subtext here, Greg. Mm -hmm. It's a very intelligent This is why we pay you the big bucks. That's right. I noticed these things. Yep. When When a pane of mirror glass shatters, it creates pieces. It sure does. Uh, you know what else? It creates a hazard. Um, True. And then from there, we go to a girl just studying in the park. Yep. And uh, somebody sawing down some trees, and she gets all fucking Karen on him. Yep. And it turns out you Karen the wrong Darren, because this Darren was a black-clad killer who removes her head with a chainsaw. Yeah. Which is a fun scene. Pretty fucking quickly, too. Oh, right off the bat, dude. Now, the one thing I love about pieces, we legit just had two brutal murders in under five minutes. Yeah. Moves quick. I love that. And these are brutal murders, too. Yeah. Special effects in this are fantastic. Go back to 1982, right? How many movies have this, right? Like, all those movies usually have a really slow fucking burn. How many movies before 1982 had chainsaw-wielding killers chasing young women around in their house wearing a leather met. Oh, shit. I could think of something 10 years earlier than that, but that movie doesn't really pick up until, like, the the second act. That's a good point. Yeah. This, this kind of gets right into it, doesn't this it? This starts right away, man. I appreciate this film so much for that. I love it. It's really no bullshit. Pieces it's just, no bullshit. It's like, you want to see people getting slashed? Espana gives you the slashing. Yeah, and then from there, we just go to a group of fucking college kids hanging out, right? Yeah. Well, is that where we're at? Or, or is this where, um, well, well, she just got her head chopped off, and then the, the uh, police cops investigate it with the dean, right? Is that oh, right? yeah, yeah. They do all that, uh, and that's where they get the uh, the teacher and uh, the one professor from, with the mustache from City of the Living Dead. Yeah, Artie. Artie Lang. Arthur Brown. Arthur Brown. Yep. Yep. Good old Arthur Brown. Professor Brown. Professor Brown, the anatomy professor. Yeah, so they kind of, uh, I, I, I guess, in these cops are weird where they're just like, hey, you want to help on this case, buddy? And he's like, yeah, I, I have an intense knowledge of all the brownest parts of the human body. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah? What does and that then, mean? What does that mean, guy? I, I will find out. And he's like, I won't tell. And he runs out of... <laughs> <laughs> like you know what they look at each other like 
That guy did it, didn't he? <laughs> that guy super did it. There's that red herring Greg was talking about. Um, yeah, this man, he is so suspicious in every scene that he shows up in. And so the next scene coming up is the a group of college kids hanging out, uh, and they're students. In the library. I. Uh, I. Uh, but before right before that okay. uh that's where it's right before the library scene and this is part of the director's way of showing i know american college students this is how they are and they're talking about hey did you hear on the third floor outside the pool we got a waterbed wow is there the greatest thing in life is smoking weed and fucking in a waterbed. And seeing your enemies driven before you. <laughs> yeah, the lamentation of their women. <laughs> That's super American, right? It's, it's so American, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just complete domination of your enemies. Uh, and then speaking, and of, speaking of red herrings, we get this girl that just got, talks about the best thing ever is fucking in a waterbed. Which, by the way, it's not. My first girlfriend, my high school sweetheart, actually had a waterbed. That's yeah. how old I am. It sucks. It is not a good time. You're literally mid-coitus, and you got to pop a Dramamine. You cannot sleep on the, the sides of a waterbed. You can't sleep in the middle. You can't sleep on the fucking sides. No. You can't move without waking up your partner or yourself. If you want to sleep in a pile at the center of a mattress, that's yeah. what happens. And have fun drowning. Have fun with that fucking waterbed popping. Yeah, because that's going to happen at some point. Yeah, so waterbeds apparently are making a comeback, Red. And then your house is going to get wet. Wet, wet, wet. You know what that does to floorboards? No. Ceilings? It's here! Under the floorboards! Yeah, responsible homeowner does not own a waterbed, I'll tell you that. No, unless you're on the second floor apartment. (laughs) Even worse. Uh, So we got that student talking about coitus in 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 a... waterbed runs up to professor brown and starts pointing at her large breast and he's like i don't care about that no but he gets really weird about it which makes shit think right he's like i i might stab you for showing me those or kill you with a chainsaw yes because i own one uh after this weird that i mentioned that (laughs) Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> hey, come with me to my tool shed. We're having an array of chainsaws. Hey, you like Jackal? Rumble, rumble, Jack, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, that wouldn't be invented for another, I don't know, five years. Maybe. Jackal? Yeah. Wait, wait, when did this come out? Uh, 82. Okay. Yeah, Jackal. Jackal didn't come till like, what, 86? Jekyll was just a glimmer in Jesse James Dupree's father's eye. <laughs> 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 oh, piss in my ass. Yep, nobody has any idea what we're talking about. I promise you that. No. So then we go to the library where my favorite girl of the whole movie drops a note on our main man, Kendall, that says, Hey, I gotta have it. Meet me at the pool for some fucking. Oh. And he's like, I'm an intelligent young Bostonian. I'm going to interpret this the only way I know how. Yep. And I'm going to show up at that pool. Yeah. Wait, what did she say again? She said, I got to have it. Meet me at the pool for some No, she said, I want to fuck underwater. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what it was. I was paraphrasing. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm just just trying to stick to the facts here, Greg. (laughs) So, I guess, to save time, there's a massive nude scene, which is awesome. You should probably watch the movie. This may be one of the hottest girls in horror. So beautiful. She is unfucking real how hot she is. Uh, But your sexual... uh, Deviancy. Deviancy is immediately cut short when the killer shows up and steals her torso with a chainsaw. 
Vroom, 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 vroom. Yeah. I'm a lumberjack, baby. <laughs> he makes short work of her and takes a very prominent part of her body, leaving only limbs. There's something you guys are going to have to deal with. Greg and I are actually very big Jackal fans. Probably the biggest. Yeah, so the rest of the episode, this is a good chance I'm going to keep singing Lumberjack Baby. Wait, how does that go again? Because I'm a lumberjack, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Rob Zombie Lumberjack. <laughs> Why did that asshole cover a, a Johnny Cash song when he could have been covering something by Jackal? <laughs> I stand alone today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What about Kmart? Um, so uh, Kendall, young man Kendall, decides to actually go to the pool to get his knob gobbled underwater. Right, he shows up just minutes too late. Yeah. And he and- finds Willard. Willard standing there, because Willard, which we haven't really talked about other than the opener, Willard is a very big, ogreish, Shrek-like character who is the groundskeeper. Yeah, he's like Hagrid with a lazier eye. Yeah, a mix of Hagrid and groundskeeper Willie. Mm-hmm. And a stroke victim. And the aforementioned main character from the Capcom classic... <laughs> Final fight. <laughs> and he proves it in this scene he when will... the cops try to apprehend him for the murder. Jesus fuck. Of this is girl. this is amazing. All these cops get fucking yoked the shit up. He battles like only a man with a one strapped pair of overalls can. <laughs> he puts his arms out parallel and spins in a circle until every cop <laughs> has flown either into a wall or the pool. Even uh, little Kendall tries to snap a two-by-four on him, and it just breaks against his thigh. He no-sold it. Yeah. And just kept raging until a gun was pulled on his head. And it turns out that's his limit. Yeah, it turns out his only weakness? Bullets. bullets. He's powerful, but he's he can't eat lead. No, he can't. He might, but not through bullet form. Well, he'd probably practice on that at some point. But Yeah. Fantastic but actor, this guy. he was not confident. So anyway... He's apprehended. He's apprehended, and what we've got left is a torso-less body. Millions of pieces. Pieces for me. Pieces of pool girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so pool girl, this sexy, sexy pool girl is just left with pieces, but some pieces are missing. And that's where we get uh, sergeant and uh, lieutenant. Yep, our, uh, our police cops come in, and they investigate the scene. And Professor Brown. Yeah, and he is... A genius when it comes to crime scenes. Fucking genius. And that's where the lieutenant goes, now listen here, I love the dubbing in this because it's always the same fucking voice actor playing every cop in every Jalo film, every fucking foreign film. And it's a, hey, listen here, I don't really want to wait for the coroner on this. So give me your honest opinion on this. It's a very Could specific that... vaudevillian tone. Yes. Could that torso have been torn apart by something like, oh, let's say that chainsaw over there? So that's where Professor Braun walks up. And what Greg said, this is why he's a professor and we're not. Yes, he's, he's like, well, I'm, a, uh, I'm an expert on anatomy, so let me take a look at that chainsaw real quick. And he just puts his hands all over it. Hey, don't touch that now. <laughs> oh, am I ruining the crime scene? I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, you probably did there. You probably destroyed some evidence oh, there, Professor. On. Oh, did I just kick this into the pool? So, Professor, tell us, what is your honest opinion on this? Oh, no, I, I didn't just tuck this arm into my coat. Don't worry about that. I'm going to take this with me. Professor? What is your honest opinion on this? Uh, you know what? I think a chainsaw may have done this. This guy's a fucking genius. Oh, yeah, Put him yeah. on the force. Oh, yeah. I teach the kids. Put him on the force. Yeah, I'm, I could be on the force, but I'd, I'd rather be a professor. 
No, you're an honorary police officer now. Okay, let's let's get let's go to the station. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're getting at. Yes, Jim. Professor. Half the bodies in the pool. 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 Because I'm a lumberjack, baby. All right. All right, all right. Uh, so all right. I feel like we went too far with that one. Uh, uh, hey. One too many. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tends shit. to happen with Jack. Well, they outwear their welcome very, very quickly. Not uh, when you've been drinking. Uh, anyway, our next scene, we've got uh, Mary Riggs. This is where we're introduced to the illustrious yeah. Mary Riggs. Straddling Mary Riggs. Former tennis pro and current undercover cop. Yeah, man, because why not? Because he, because uh, Lieutenant said, hey, what we need to do now is we got to get some undercover cops here. Yeah. A lot of them. But He's instead, like, we're just going to have this one chick with no training. You know what? This is fucking perfect because it turns out that this Boston college, they need a tennis coach, and we've got this former tennis pro just waiting on staff. Yeah. Yeah. She's what we call yeah. a bear. Yeah. She, she's a total milf, and our our my young my young man here, Kendall. Which I love the relationship between the lieutenant and Kendall. Yeah, it's uh, there's I don't know if it's sexual tension. I don't know if it's a. I think it's more like a father son thing that has sex with his son. Maybe um, I don't know. It's weird, right? It's a weird relationship. Is that what father son means to you? Uh, it depends on how you're raised. Father, as in like padre. We already apologize. Nah, Marasante, Esperasante, <laughs> Boner. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but that's where I, uh, uh, he's telling Kendall, which uh, that's is that where he takes Kendall to the shrink? Yeah, he takes him to the. Uh, I forget what the doctor's name. It doesn't matter. Um, but well, it's the whole. He's like, hey, I don't need a shrink. He's like, ha ha. Listen here, kid. You're gonna talk to Doc here. He's gonna profile our uh, our serial killer. Yeah. But I love Kendall's just like, but I don't know the killer. <gasps> or do I? Maybe I do. And that's where the doctor do, goes, do, huh, exact doo-doo. Yes, exactly. And uh, it tells him how we're going to profile him based on uh, everything you know about him, even though this kid doesn't fucking know fuck all about the killer. Say, does, this, does this sound like any anatomy teacher that you've ever heard of? <laughs> it's Possibly never... one with a mustache. Yes, a man who may know his way around a chainsaw. And, and a has, cock. And has recently absconded with one of the arms of one of the victims. Because I'm a lumberjack, baby. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'll, stop, I'll stop. So anyway, next week we cut to a scene of our mystery killer playing around with his recently stolen head and torso. With a puzzle. He is assembling the puzzle. He's assembling the body parts. He. It is obvious that what he intends to do is build a Frankenstein monster out of all of his victims. That seems to be his thing. Hence, Peace. the title. Pieces. Or Night of a Thousand Screams, whatever the fuck. Night of a Thousand Pieces. It's one of those thousand piece <laughs> difficult puzzles. Oh, fuck those. I have never completed a thousand piece puzzle. The one where all the pieces are the same and the pattern is very intricate. Yeah, fuck that shit, dude. Yeah, it's really... You know what I'd rather do? Watch porn. Jerk off. Yeah. Ooh, that was good, Craig. Right? I mean, very good. Yes. Uh, and drink. Mm-hmm. Probably smoke weed. You want to take a quick break? And smoke some weed. Smoke some weed, jerk off, drink a couple things. All right, let's go. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right, we're hey, back. Oh, bro. All right, I came. I feel great. I'm ready for bed. Uh, so that's... Uh, uh, I kind of want to edit that out, but I'm not. Um, what? Uh, where are we at, dude? I fucking... 
I, I'm I'm at a loss right now. I'm gonna need a minute. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh so the killer is following an aerobics girl. Oh, uh, the dance into an elevator. scene. So this is, uh, b- before that, we have, a, I guess it would be a dance class. And I love that the killer is dressed like uh, Alec Baldwin from The Shadow. Yes. Basically, the killer is Alec Baldwin. The Shadow knows. The Shadow knows where you're dancing. There is an aerobics class here with many potential victims. Uh, these, this, I, I seriously, I got to give it up to this movie. Legit. The fucking hottest girls I've ever seen in horror. Hell yeah. And the director originally wanted every girl in this scene to be naked. Yes. Yes. Because he's a big old pervert and I love him for it. But if that happened, we wouldn't have actually have gotten the movie. Well, everyone would have just watched until the end of the scene and maybe turned it off. Yeah, because they would have finished and been like, well, I guess I'll put the news on. Right. Oh, I got the Movie's over. But yeah, it turns out some of them some of them said yes. Uh, the important ones said no, so it did not happen. Oh, what a bunch of cucks! But instead, what we have is Alec Baldwin following our—I uh, don't remember what her name is—but uh, we'll call her aerobics girl, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus goes to the elevator after her aerobics. The class. shaft. She. <laughs> And she got to do that to me. <laughs> she encounters. She encounters a shaft of most danger. Yes, where she recognizes the killer. Yep. Uh, and goes, "Oh, sorry, sir." So there we know that the killer is a man, uh, which we already knew. It that. was Jerry Seinfeld. Yep. Seriously, why do they call it shaft? <laughs> why not just call it elevator or penis? Why do they call it chainsaw? It's not a chain. It's it's actually a saw. Where oh. are the bees? Oh, I think I just figured that one out. <laughs> you sound like more more and more like Ray Romano when you do your Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Uh, so what happens to her? They ride the elevator together. He hits stop. And uh, he uh, hiding, off her fucking limbs. Hiding behind his back. Is a chainsaw. Yep. Starts it up in front of her. Vroom. So badass and slices her arm off. Give this girl a fucking hand. And anyone who has ever tried to start up a two-stroke chainsaw, it doesn't just happen. No. He maybe he had it warmed up. Maybe he had it idling. She had plenty of time to get out of there while he's just pulling the cord, <laughs> revving that shit up. She could have fought back, kicked him in yeah. the nuts. Priming it. Yeah, hold on, I gotta add my two-stroke. Hold on, I didn't mix the, the oil-to-gasoline ratio correctly. Uh, I knew I should have got the Ryobi. Ah, fuck. The battery in the Ryobi just swaps out with any type of appliance. Meanwhile, she's climbing out the top hatch. It's escaping. <laughs> Ed Furlong's up there. <laughs> the the hero, rats. hero Ed Furlong <laughs> lowers a hand and raises her to safety. Uh, as this is going on, uh, Junior Detective Kendall James... Uh, every fucking every college kid, I guess, put together at this time, gets from, from Boston, from Boston, uh, gets two police officers and starts ordering ordering them around and goes, oh, "No, the door is locked. God damn it! I'll just jump through the window because you guys are cops and you can't do that kind of thing." Right. So he jumps through, opens it up from the outside, lets the police officers in, uh, leads them over to the elevator shaft. The two cops, the two cops and Kendall, they see the dead body. The two cops throw up, and Kendall goes, "Damn it, man! Call the lieutenant right now. There's a phone in the dean's office over there. Go, go, go!" 
Which this 19-year-old kid, again, bossing around two cops. Yeah, he's pretty good at it. Two Boston cops. You know these guys that have been like, ah, hey, kid, ah, girls be screaming all the time in these parts. <laughs> they I wouldn't mean, even have cared. They would have been like that old guy twirling the baton around. It's a natural reaction to the shaft. <laughs> ah, I remember the first time when they invented the elevator. <laughs> So that happens. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, Artie Brown shows up to say something incriminating. Oh, it was totally done by a chainsaw. Yep. He's like, hey, this is probably done by my chainsaw. This yeah. one that I'm holding right this here. This one that I picked up. Yep. yep. And uh, they don't pay any attention. Red to herring! Because he is clearly not guilty. No. Or is he? Mm, so we flash forward to that night where Kendall is hanging dong by a window. He is, because he's taking this girl to Pound Town, and she's coming so hard, she's screaming, and he yes. goes, shut up, bitch. I know this is the best sex you ever had in your life because I hang dong, but you really got to shut the fuck up. There's a killer out here, and also will get expelled because apparently uh, in Spain, they don't think you can have sex with other students at a university. Yeah, I think that's a problem, apparently. No, that's how you get into trouble. But he takes a moment to just splash his flesh whale out of the fucking pool uh, to take a look out the window. And he sees... Where Mary is just strutting down the sidewalk. Oh. He's like, hey, I know you, as he's just pressing his penis against the window. You play tennis. Yeah. Yeah. It might be midnight, but I'm going to throw my pants on real quick and just run out there and say hi. I'm going to hop on my motorcycle and chase you down. Makes a whole lot of sense. So he goes out there to say hi to her, leaving his uh, his girl, whoever it is, in the bed. And she goes, no, don't go. I'm sorry I was so loud. I'll be less quiet if you gag me. She is begging him to bring that fucking penis. <laughs> Back to bed. But being a true player, Kendall goes, bitch, your Uber money is on the dresser. Yeah, right? Yeah, be gone when I return. Tosses a silver dollar into the coffer, and he just runs on out. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Meanwhile. uh, Mary is being accosted by a very confused kung fu, quote-unquote, professor, which I did not know this was a thing. Can you be a kung fu professor at a university? Like... In Boston? Uh, and that's where like, she, like, kicks him in the dick, right? Yeah. He, he uh, drops, like, a ton of bricks. He, he is very threatening, I have to say. He straight up hit her. Yeah, he's incredibly threatening, but she she knocks him out with a blow to the balls, as tends to happen. He falls down. He says something along the lines of, oh, I'm so confused. I don't know what I'm doing here. I was out. I was, I'm not going to do the voice. He was out for a jog, and... Uh, I almost did it. Next thing you know... I, Next thing you know, I'm on the ground, bad chop suey, and then ran off. Literally explains everything when you're from Asia. <laughs> so, he's out of the movie forever. That was a, a quick cameo by Bruce Lee. Uh He's gone, and Kendall shows up to save the day. Yep, and uh, saves, uh, I mean, I, I guess saves the day. Yeah, picks up Mary, throws her on the back of his moped, and uh, they're off to the next... Uh, Next day. Yeah, it takes her back home, and that's where uh, she's like, you saved my life tonight. Seriously. Gives him a little smooch on the cheek. Like, and yeah, he you goes, know, uh, because I'm from Boston, you kind of owe me. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, is, this is what we do in this town. Like he's, town. He literally smells like other vagina right now. Yep. And he's like, I'm going to make this cougar suck that vagina off my penis. And she is naturally not about it. Uh, but his way is, and I love this, Mary... 
aren't you making coffee? Yeah. And she just goes, another night. That is the lamest attempt I've ever seen. And this man is supposed to be a coxman. Yeah, that's when you say, Mary, do you want your ankles up to your ears? <laughs> Mary, I don't think this is the kind of door that locks. <laughs> <laughs> So naturally, we flash forward through the next day where Kenny and Mary are playing tennis. Oh, Christ. It's, it's a date of sorts. Sure. Which is odd because they're supposed to be both working for the police. And they're like, yeah, let's go play tennis. That'll be fine. That's, <laughs> they're undercover. Yeah, let's not do our jobs. Let's just play tennis together. Yeah. I believe this is called dicking around. That's, <laughs> that's what the two of them are doing. They're dicking around. Just get a dick. While another student gets murdered. <laughs> oh, God. Which one was this? This is their fault entirely. Oh, well, it turns out it's a tennis student that gets murdered. Oh, this is where they're playing the marching band music. This is where they're dicking around on the tennis court while a tennis student gets murdered. This... The actual student that they were supposed <laughs> to be keeping their eyes on this whole time gets murdered in the locker room. This is the one that Kendall fucked the night before, right? Probably. He yeah. Fucked, he fucked everyone. Literally every girl on canvas Kendall had sex with, and we are going to get to that. Yes, yeah, so if there is a female student in this film... Kendall has been inside of them. Yes. That is a fact. Or they've been inside of him. I don't know. Sure. I don't know what he's into. Honestly, a few of the girls in this movie I would want inside of me. Yeah. I mean, fuck, man. So while she's in the locker room airing her tits out for a little bit, yep. um, she gets approached. Airing her bush out. <laughs> Did you see that thing? Oh, it's... Uh, That's when the killer was just, like, pulls out the heavy-duty chainsaw. Everything's out there. So Alec Baldwin walks into the bathroom with a chainsaw in hand and decides to chase her around. We have an extended chase scene through the locker room, through the shower room. Uh, where does she end up? It's like a sauna? Yeah, yeah, a sauna. Yeah. Uh, but that's where, da, 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 uh, well, this is going on. You got Kendall and Mary dicking around going, where is that marching band music playing from? All right, I'm so distracted oh, by loud noise. What here's that fuck? Here's that big guy that beat up all the cops. Yeah, hey, Hagar. can you figure this out for us? Mm. Is that the mayor of Metro City? <laughs> What's he doing at my college campus? Oh, he's probably going to fuck me up. <laughs> so he body slams the shit out of both of them while they, steal, <laughs> while they try to steal his keys. And they go and check on the uh, on the electronic shed, I guess it is, to, to get rid sure. of the noise. Yeah, and they turn the noise off. Yeah. And then uh, Kendall apparently discovered the body. This scene is fucking great, man. This bitch got torsoed. Got corsoed. <laughs> this kid just got chainsawed right in the old torso. This is a great special effect. I love it. This scene took about a gallon of blood and, uh, and a I, whole day of filming, apparently. I believe they actually cut into a pig. Uh, that's not true. No? No. I heard that. Really? From the director himself. Yeah? Yes. Because it's legal there, right? His name was Antonio Espana. The pig? And he told me that he killed a pig in this scene. No, but the pig's name was uh, Enrique Piglacius. That is perfect. Mm-hmm. Bailamos. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lumberjack, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. All right. So, so uh, yeah, Kenny and Mary, they find this body with, uh, with Hagar. And Mary has her Jennifer Lovey Hewitt scene. What are you waiting for? And it turns out they were waiting for the police. Boop, boop. That's the sound of the police. So uh, we get another father-son scene with Kendall and uh, and the lieutenant. Yeah, you're a good kid, Kendall. You'll be a fine cop someday. Thanks for finding this body that you were supposed to protect. 
Yeah, he's totally wrong because <laughs> he's technically working for the cops at this point. Yeah, he's a fucking narc. Yeah, somebody died under his watch. Going back to the Harry Potter thing, this is like the uh, Dumbledore's army and those uh, those fucking. Ca- you know, what? let's not get into that. Yeah, I have sorry. no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. I don't even want to go there. Yeah, me neither. Nope. No, let's not. <laughs> well. Meanwhile, while this is all going on, um, is this where uh, we get the waterbed stabbing? Yes. Yes, it is. Is this the uh, news reporter that gets killed? I believe so, yeah. All right. She investigated a little too hard. Yeah, because apparently uh, you keep talking to the dean, you keep talking to people on campus. Nobody trying speaks to, to figure, the dean. I, I ain't no way, no how. Um, and uh, uh, Apparently, the university is trying to keep this under wraps, that kids aren't getting killed. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a sleepaway camp thing, like, no, don't worry, it was just an accident. Right, nobody's ever going to come to Boston again if they hear there's murders here. Murders in Boston? Wait, there's murders in Boston? Never. Okay, good. Not from any news source I've ever seen. All right, I'm there, man. What do you think, is this Chicago? Chi-Town? Chi-Town's got murders? <laughs> so, we get the fakest-looking uh, knife to the head that could ever happen. It, the blade literally bends as our killer, Alec, is stabbing this girl. But also the aforementioned waterbed. Yeah. Yeah, water the waterbed uh, so, uh, water gets stabbed. And by the way, all the kills in the movie, including the aftermath, are in slow motion, which has that real European feel to it, that yeah. uh, that spaghetti Western-style shit. Everything in Europe is just a little slower. Yeah, I think that's what Yeah, this is the uh, Snyder cut of pieces. Course. Yeah. It's Ten hours longer and it's all in slow Pieces motion. is actually forty-five minutes. But because of the slow motion, it makes it an hour and a half. Because of the European sensibility. I believe. Yes. That means. Yes. It's art. Yeah. So this reporter is dead. She really From, like you said, the, the fakest knife scene ever. Yeah, she dies on the water, but it's all water mixing with fake blood. Good stuff. And she gets yanked away, and our killer takes another piece. Is. No, I think it was just one. A titular piece of the reporter. I got some tits for you. And then we get what might be my favorite scene of the whole movie, which is where the cops uh, discover that the disease... The (laughs) disease. The cops discover that the disease is probably guilty through what appears to be routine police work. (laughs) They pull his file... Oh, boy. They see his past history. Yeah. They decide he's the number one suspect, and they yeah. say, let's investigate that dean. So back before this, though, like, they're literally talking about blowing the entire budget of the police force on these murders at this university. Yeah. Turns out you didn't need that. You just needed a good old fucking old-fashioned gumshoe fucking detective work. Just doing their jobs. Do your job. Research come across something and why the fuck was he not the first file looked at a little bit of due diligence is all they, they they're had. looking at everyone on campus they saved the dean for uh there three murders could have been prevented sure yeah i yeah, feel they're, like they're a little slow on the uptake i feel like we even skipped some murders i don't know they decided to hire a kid and a tennis pro <laughs> instead yeah of, instead <laughs> of just looking in the file cabinet <laughs> Instead of hiring Batman. Yeah, when they finally actually did, you know, yeah, so, open a drawer and read a paper, then, so, then they got their guy. 
the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, so Mary has a meeting with the dean. Uh, she gets drugged by coffee. Everything kind of comes together in the last two minutes that uh, the dean was actually young Timmy yeah. uh, from the beginning of the movie. And he wants to steal her feet. This is the final piece. The reason of why the is because now we left a lot out of here because we just want you guys to see it and fucking love it. I don't want to give away the ending it. too much. Uh, I'm actually going to give the ending away. Okay. But I, there's a lot in the movie that we did leave out. There's a lot of fun little shit that is just so wonderful that you'll only get from a European slasher. Um, yeah, those, those funky little bunches you only get from a Bostonian Wahlberg. That's right. Uh, there is a part where the killer is trying to put his mother's shoes on the feet of uh, of some woman that's hanging, a cadaver of sorts. You can't really tell what it is. Oh, it's so hot. But the shoes do not fit. The feet are too small. That's where he finds out that Mary is a foot girl. And uh, she got bigger feet, so she makes more money that way. Exactly. Yeah. And he goes, God, these feet. That's how it works. Bigger feet, feet, more money. These feet are like my giant mother's feet that she made wine with. My giant mother. (laughs) (laughs) Who spawned someone named Hagrid. (laughs) Who I believe tends the grounds at the Bostonian <laughs> University. My Bigfoot mother, the feet match her shoes, so I just got to take these. So she's all drugged, just like Michelle Pfeiffer in What Lies Beneath. Ooh, deep cut. Is it? Uh, and then we got the lieutenant, the two lieutenant and the sergeant, no backup, and Kendall showing up. And that's where lieutenant goes. Hey, listen here, kid. You make a fine cop, but this is where you sit it out. And Kendall's like, no, you can't do this to me now. I showed my dick in another scene. Right. Uh, and I, I'm like, I, I got to bust the bad guys. Yeah. All right, kid. You got it. But when we say get down, don't ask questions until later. All right. So they fire a whole fucking six six rounds into the door handle to get into this fucking joint. Oh, yeah, they're serious at this and, point. And uh, there's no killer, but Mary is paralyzed on the couch, and that's where Mary is n- trying desperately to look with her eyes, hey, guys, over here. And like, these cops are incredibly confused They're like, what, very what Mary? Motions. You keep moving your eyes over there. Do you want us to what? leave the apartment? Yeah, you're motioning towards the door. Are you sure we, uh, well, I guess this is a private moment. All right, all right, Kendall, what you need to do, stay here with Mary, see if you get her walking again. We're going to go to Starbucks. It seems like an intimate moment between you and your drugs. Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, I... I Yep. I was going to go a Bill Cosby route, but I'm not. Yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. All right, uh, Kendall, you have fun. You stay here. We're going. Yeah, stay here with this paralyzed cougar you've been trying to fuck this entire movie. <laughs> um, you've done enough work for us. We're willing to look the other way. So Kendall gets her up and goes, boy, Mary, you're doing great. Left foot, right foot, left foot. Surprise, motherfucker! It's the Dean coming oh! at him with a fucking knife. With the Dean, chair. With a chair. <laughs> Back of the head, by God, it's Stone Cold. Stone I Cold. Made fools Stone of you Cold. <laughs> it was me, Austin. Uh, so uh, it was me, Kendall. <laughs> and then you got Sarge coming in. He shoots the Dean in the fucking dome, and uh, it was a fake out the whole time. It was a fake out, and that's where they go. All right, guys, let's tear this place apart. So they go searching all around this apartment. Uh, and uh, all they really had to do was open up a <laughs> cupboard from which falls a human jigsaw woman. Yes, kind of like Frankenhooker. Yeah, very much like Frankenhooker, which might have been one of our best episodes. As a matter uh, of fact, I think it was Frankenhooker. On a movie about a Frankenstein horror who ingests super crack. Sex worker. 
That's what I said. Yep. A lot of waterbed sluts in this movie, though. Yep. Turns out that Supercrack was also a factor in this Dean's life because he was trying to assemble a woman from all of the stolen parts that he had taken from his victim. Just like his puzzle. And there are cutscenes in between the kills where the killer is actually putting together the puzzle from 1940. Yes, sir. Weird. Uh, and he's doing it with gloves and having a very hard time doing it. A hard time. Mm. Very hard time. Now, this is where we get to the subtext of the movie, Greg. Yes. Layers and levels. Please enlighten yes. me. All right. Now, this, Kadai, this this woman that's put together in all these pieces somehow manages to come to life and grabs Kendall's dick and literally rips it off. Yes. And then we have the ending credits. Squeezes the credits right out of it. You could see the two balls. Bulls. <laughs> it's Boston. The bulls. Pop, pop out between her fingers. Yep. It's in an incredible scene. It looks painful. Now, this whole movie, all these women that were killed were people that Kendall fucked. That they mm-hmm. were in. It, it was the whole fuckboy thing where, uh, you know, he did the whole, like, I love you, this shit. Fucked him and then threw him to the curb. This is all the women that he hurt put together into make one superwoman. It was almost their way of this is like a feminist thing, right? This is not feminism horror, but I guess I don't know, whatever. Um Jalo's known for that. Jalo is known for that. Uh this isn't actually Jalo, but it is European. Um so, oh, that's right. It's a Espana. Espana. Wait, wait. Wait. Nope. 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 CC. Um I, that sounds right. That's probably correct. Sure. Uh so uh, uh, Antonio Banderas just comes in and starts playing guitar. Um, well, that's a whole different thing entirely. Probably. Um, so all these women are put together to make this one superwoman to get revenge on Kendall. And they removed his dick. And the whole thing is, the story behind pieces is, don't fuck with women's emotions because chances are they'll get murdered and put together and rip your dick off. That's exactly what I got out of this. Yes. Makes perfect sense. This is a um, this is a morality tale. Yes. It's don't be a fuckboy. I think it was very obvious from the final scene what they were trying to say. Clearly. Clearly obvious. Yeah. So. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I didn't get that. I, I saw a dick grabbing and then some credits and I was like, hell yeah, jump scare. <laughs> Balls squeezed between fingers. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed our review of pieces. I... But uh, Greg, tell us, man, what is your over overall thoughts on pieces? I love it. Honestly, I didn't see it as uh, I didn't see it for the depth that it has until you enlightened me on that. Um, the gore is great. Uh, there's some great character acting, even though a lot of it's dubbed. It's still a lot of fun. The whole movie is um, dubbed. There's a, a ton of good nudity in it. Oh my god, which, you know, so much! Ob- easily adds a point. I'm going to have to go with a 5 out of 5 on this one. Dude, we all knew that was coming. Uh, Not true. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Pieces is definitely in my top 10 favorite slashers. Okay. Uh, I The movie is just fucking so wackadoo. It is literally a $7 bill. It makes no goddamn sense. And it's everything that I love put together. I do love foreign slasher flicks. I do love... I, I, I love dubbed movies. Uh, I love that there were all these amazing actors in the shittiest fucking movie. I Greg mentioned the gore. I love the gore. I love the kills in it. I love the 
hundred subplots that are running together. The well-silhouetted penis. Well, the lighting in that scene, phenomenal. I love, I love the Kung Fu professor. I love the groundskeeper. Everyone plays such a good part in this movie. And, uh, oh, yeah, I guess we'll go back and be like, oh, guess what, guys? It wasn't Professor Braun, Brown. Um, that's where that's, There's a part where the dean actually says that he's a, homo, he's a homosexual. And as long as he doesn't, doesn't perform any of that homosexuality on campus, we will not kick him out. They weren't so progressive in 1980, whenever this was made. 1982. Yeah. And in Spain also. Yeah, a different time. Uh, not just a different time, a different place, man. They had no idea how the fuck America was. Well, to be fair. I'm not going to do it. Different time, different place. Yeah, different time, different place. Uh, I love Pieces so much. I loved it too. Five out of five. Will. Will? Oh, that's right. I think I can hear him yelling from the moon. <laughs> He's in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, guys, I think if, if my math is right, I think this is the end of summer of Slasher. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for making the wonderful graphic for us for the summer. Oh, of course. Uh, we are going to be moving on to another. Uh, <laughs> we have another theme planned for the month of September that we're very excited. I'm very excited about personally. That we're cleverly leading into, but <laughs> we're not going to give it away just yet. Yeah, I uh, think of pieces. Think about uh, I. You know what? Just think about stuff of pieces, and uh, that's kind of what we're doing next. Stuff of pieces. Stuff September. of pieces. September is stuff of pieces month. Stuff of pieces month. I. Uh, we are going to have uh, I, I, we are going to have some uh, some decals coming out soon for you guys. Uh, this isn't stuff that is going to be uh, purchased. A decal, this is, so to speak. Uh, these are going to be very nice. Damn that scary decals. The way you get these is. You have to uh, share our episodes on the social media. If you share our episode on social media, we will get your information and we will mail you a damn that scary decal. Yeah, they're basically free, so don't fuck this up. Yeah, and you could, if you want to buy them, you could get them off of uh, the Slashers podcast website. <laughs> you do that, they're actually attached to a t-shirt. <laughs> they, <laughs> a free t-shirt, believe it or not. That they'll shoot at you from a t-shirt cannon from wherever the fuck they live on the West Coast. And kill Ned Flanders' wife. They'll, they'll hit you right in the house. Oh, man. Uh, but guys, there you have it. That is pieces. I'm in fucking pieces. What fucking time? Oh, God, it's late. I want to get the hell out of here. How about you? I'm okay. I got to train in the morning, man. Oh, you know what? I think I do, too, actually. Yeah, with Wait me. a minute. Yeah. Am I supposed to train with you in the morning? Yes. Oh, shit. 10 a.m., dude. We should shut this down. We should. All right. Well, with that. Uh, Greg? Love each other. Uh, Will? Care for one another. Care for one another. Okay. I'm a jack, baby. <laughs> and? Keep it, it spooky, motherfuckers. That's scary.